0: Alright, just before I start this show, I just wanted to give a shout out to Made with Jacenta. She is Montana born and raised and she makes handmade cowhide earrings. However you want it. You can have them um ear tag shaped. You can have them oval shaped, diamond shaped. I am obsessed they're so gorgeous i have a couple pairs of my own you guys definitely need to check her out um you can check her out at made underscore with underscore jacenta on on instagram and i'll also have her linked into my page or or post something such like that so keep an eye out for that why not support montana kids on a montana podcast how do you describe montana beautiful
1: montana is f***ing awesome
0: one word, family.
1: Montana's the kind of place that you could end up fistfighting a bear for freshwater trout, or you can go into town you'll see every kind of hooder out there is. One of a kind. It's just cows. Montana's the best because it's never the same thing.
0: Montana's the most free place in the world. Unpredictable and beautiful because the weather changes on the minute and wherever you go you feel like
1: you're looking at a photo book. I want to spend the rest of my life just because of all the beauty and everything in it. You just can't beat it.
0: Montana is the last best place. What's up guys this is Montana the last best place and I'm your host Bentley Joseph. This week is Divisional Basketball Week here in Montana. Some people call it Christmas part two. Uh, so we've got top three teams from, from districts move on to divisionals, and then the top two teams from each different division move on to state, and there are four divisions. So it's a really great, great time of the year for Class C people. We got um, some great basketball coming up this week. We've got some great teams. I'm really excited. It's one of the best times of the year, just the, uh, the sort of energy that there is at this tournament is is so amazing and so what better week to have one of class c's most successful coaches on the show he's so down to earth so awesome i really enjoyed doing this interview so let's get to it all right i would just like to welcome my guest uh jeff graham coach of basketball track and football at belt valley high school So I do have Jeff on the phone, um, so he may be cutting in and out. For you Bentley,
1: thanks for having me buddy.
0: I'm so excited to do this. I'm glad we got to do this tonight. Last night, the wind was so crazy. I was losing power. I was actually gonna get in my truck and and drive to somewhere with cell service and interview you in my truck.
1: I was getting nervous here too. We lost power for about 10, 15 minutes here too. I didn't know what was gonna go on, but yeah, it's been crazy with the wind around here buddy.
0: Anyways, so Coach Graham, I kind of just wanted to start off with your life before coming to Belt. Uh, High school, uh, were you interested in agriculture? Did your family farm or do anything like that?
1: Um, We, so I grew up in uh, Chester, and uh, my dad was a teacher and coach. He coached football, basketball, track. He was the assistant for everybody. Um, and my mom was the secretary of the county um, attorney's office, which she still is today, actually. So born and raised there, um, I always thought I'd kind of go home or stay in this area. You know, I really liked the people here. Um, I was—I actually went and played basketball and football at Northern. Out of college, that was my goal: was just to play both and stay home. But we had some coaching changes after my freshman year, and ended up transferring. So I finished up playing down at Western, where. Um, I met my wife, who was playing basketball. So, yeah, she's a Great Falls gal, and that's kind of part of the reason we ended up around here was um, her her assistant coach took the job at UGF. One more year to play. She was an All-American down there, and I was done. I was a year older, so I actually went to Great Falls and coached at UGF with her assistant, and waited for her to
2: um, graduate. And while I was there... I got talked into the football job in Belt for the next upcoming year. And then um, midway through
1: the football season, they talked me into the basketball season. So I was actually teaching in Great Falls and had really no intentions ever being in a small town. I kind of wanted to coach college and stay right there at UGF and live in north-central Montana. So kind of weird that 14 years later, we've we've never moved.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, uh, I didn't know. I thought personally that your old plan was to stay in Class C basketball. I mean, that's what a lot of coaches do, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, growing up, my dad was the assistant. I was just actually talking to a couple people. We ended up beating Highwood in the 92 state championship. We were talking about that the other night, uh, about how old those guys are getting, how, I mean, I was you know nine years old when that happened. It's crazy. It's been almost 30 years. And uh, um, yeah, you know, I loved it. I always thought I always kind of wanted to coach uh, football and basketball. I never thought I'd coach girls. And then when I... Coached at college, I really liked them, and uh, the people out in Belt were really nice, and getting the opportunity to have a head job out here was was tough to pass up, so um, I kind of jumped on that, but I was kind of thought I'd be a college coach, was always kind of my goal, but after a couple years here, and um, I I lost out on a couple interviews when I was younger for college jobs, so I figured that's kind of where
0: God wanted us, and my daughters love it, so we ended up just staying here and the success you've had with belt uh before we get into that though let's go back to when you were playing basketball how was your teams back then uh, we
1: were good um my freshman year uh, we got we got we lost in a heartbreaker consolation game at divisional um, ended up fourth we got the challenge uh, we had a pretty good team i started along
2: with two seniors and two juniors in my sophomore year was a year we were loaded we were Number one in the state the whole year,
1: undefeated, and we ended up getting beat by KG in the divisional chipper, who we beat, which is North Star now, and then we turned around and lost to the state championship. We were uh, probably the most disappointing moment of my career was that. Uh, we won state football that year, though, and uh, got third. We had some dudes. And in my junior year, we were pretty solid, very young. I got hurt, I like, hurt my Achilles the week four district, and my Dad wouldn't let me play. I just tried to line up on offense and practice and stand on one side, but he wouldn't let me play, so we lost out, and then my senior year was, um, Hart one year before at in our district, so we actually beat Hart Butte, broke their winning streak, and us, Dutton, and them were three of the top four teams in the state. We lost by one Friday night to Dutton, by two to Hart Butte, and they went on to get first and fourth in state. I, think, I still think Dutton would have won state if their point guard wouldn't have broken his wrist, but um, it was good. We just grew up with some good teams, and I, you know, had some really good players with me, and you know, I, I loved it. I just, I, I lived for it since I was little, and you know, I'd love going to scout with my dad. It was my favorite thing, going around and you know, scout and watching games, and so it's just kind of always been in my blood.
0: Your love of basketball started with just going to games with your father.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was at. We moved from Denton when I was two. We were in, born in Denton. Um, you know, moved there when I was two. My dad's old football, college football coach came to Chester. And, yeah, I mean, I was at every, like you said, I was at every practice, you said, from, you know, kindergarten on up. <laughs> I just loved whatever season it was. And, uh, you know, I was actually talking to Coach Newman from DGS about uh, a couple of the players on that 91, 92 boys. We had back-to-back state championship teams, how good a role models they were to me. And how I
2: always adored them and wanted to be like them. So I think I was just kind of grew up with that culture,
1: I wanted to be a Chester Coyote and, uh, you know, be in there. You know, the Fairfield coach, Gordon, he was he came my junior year and was big in our program with the boys and girls, so um, we've always had kind of a lot of pride in that, um, you know, and then we, bell, we kind of wanted to build that you know, keep the tradition here, it's always has been a good place so, yeah, like you said, Classy has mm-hmm. kind of always been ingrained in me and I just you know, I, I love it. It's, it's it's my the my favorite people in the world. Bentley is just class C people are just my favorite.
0: Can you uh, can you explain why class C is so much different than like say class B or A?
1: Well, we always gave people crap growing up because you know they'd only have to win one playoff game, with double A to get to state, or you know double it, or in class A would be a divisional, you know, finish top two
2: or three. And, mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned heck, about eight, 19s back in the day. We used to have sixteen districts, you know,
1: originally. And then in the eighties it started shrinking down to thirteen and twelve, but when you know, when I was playing, we had twelve districts and it was a heck of an accomplishment just to get the divisionals, let alone state. Um, you know, and then the people just get so tight, you know, your rivals all the time and then, you know, when you're divisional thumbs, you're rooting for your teams in your district. You can go to state, you're rooting for teams in your division and I love the part that a lot of the people come back home. You know, I had a wife and I went out to Shonkin Lake for our anniversary and had a flat tire and <laughs> you know, first thing you do is just stop in Geraldine, and you got, you know, three different people willing to help. You know, Judaman's give me a car,
2: and, Right. You know, everybody
1: else here is taking care of you. It's, no matter where you go in these small towns, our bus broke down on the way home on Thursday night. And, you know, of course, Melicar there at Moore had a new bus for us in 45 minutes. And
0: From districts? Just, yeah, yeah. We had a little break <laughs> down Friday, Thursday night, and, you know, my daughters were kind of panicking, but... Yeah, it's just, I just love the people around here, Ben, and then like
1: with you guys coming back and the success of, it's weird to see people I coached get so old, it's crazy to have been there that long, but I think a lot of the kids we've produced in this area have just been really special people, so it's really awesome to see.
0: So then, how how long have you been coaching?
1: Well... In Belt, this is actually my 14th year somehow I can't believe I'm getting that old I started coaching Little League as soon as I got done playing Little League at 12
2: I started coaching the Little League team um, I was the head coach when I was 16 and then I I would do some travel teams with our junior high boys in
1: Chester when I was in high school and college and I, I loved working camps I tried to work as many basketball camps throughout the state as I could in college and um, just meeting people and just being around people you know so yeah 14 years of basketball of football here and then um thirteen years
0: of track. I didn't have I didn't coach a track here the first year. Wow. How many of those fourteen years coaching uh basketball have you uh, have your teams made it to divisionals?
1: Um, luckily every year. Um we're, we're just tell someone we've luckily we played in the district championship every year. It's crazy. We last weekend we we had won eleven in a row till last weekend. And I mean, we've been just so spoiled with it so I think sometimes we take for granted,
2: you know, how hard these kids work. But, yeah, we've been lucky every year we've made divisional.
0: Yeah, and you can you can see out on the court how hard they work, the dedication they have, and all of the camps that they've gone to of yours to just get those reps in and, and to make it to divisionals every year. Yeah, they, I
1: mean, they put a lot of time in summer ball, little kids playing. You know, we got middle school kids going. You know, ever since our season, I've had them in twice a week. and. You know, and volleyball, same way. We got volleyball going, and we just, you
0: know, we try to get those kids, you know, in there and, you know, experience success and keep playing because they know, um, you know, if they follow the lead from the kids above, that they should have the same success, hopefully. Right. Oh, man. Do you have any any stories or or basketball memories that you could share? Funny, Uh, heartfelt, however.
1: Yeah, you know, probably the first ones, um, yeah, it was just, I think my first senior night here, I only had two seniors, and I'm a crier, so I cry quite a bit, <laughs> I don't look like that, I look kind of mean, but I'm kind of soft, but, uh, yeah, my, I still remember in the room right up the library, there,
2: our first senior night, I went to talk, and I just couldn't talk, I started crying, and, um. Just I didn't realize how attached I would get to
1: those kids. You know, I barely knew them. I got the job like two weeks before season. Met them the first day of basketball practice. You know, so um, it was awesome. And she came back this summer. Um, I got to meet her son. You know, I keep pretty good touch with her family. They're still around here, but I get to see her and her son and tell some old stories. You know, that's probably my favorite part. man, is uh, when the kids come back and they tell stories. A lot of times it's how much I was yelling at them or you know, what I did or what I said that day, but. You know, it's, it's just fun being around our old players and, you know, telling stories and, um, you know, just remembering the good times. You, know, you don't remember a lot of the games, but, you know, like we'll talk about Geraldine. Like three years in a row, we hit a dang deer on the way home from Geraldine. Oh. We're, we're <laughs> damn near home the next year. And I when we we're past like Bowmans, and I was like, look at our bus, to our events. Hey, we're finally making it home without hitting a hit of deer. And then, like, within, you know, two miles, I opened my big mouth and we hit a deer. <laughs> you
2: know, oh. I think stuff like that is, you know, some of the best. One of my players after we lost
0: the state championship to Highwood in 2009 ate so much ice cream she got sick. You know, I was like, oh, that's geez. probably the point that sticks out more
1: that day than, you know,
0: losing that game. And, yeah. Uh, it's just cool to see a lot of these kids are back here. I think that's
1: why Belts always been successful. So they get a lot of the same names back and a lot of the good people back. And they have a lot of pride. And you see that in the Highwoods and the Geraldines and, you know, Chester's, but it's just, I think that's the special part is, you know, now I'm teaching some of the kids the people I coach, so it's pretty cool. I think it's how it's kind of coming full circle, and my kids are a part of it now.
0: Yeah, that's must be so exciting for you. Um, are you going to coach your daughters? I know a lot of parents have issues with that.
1: Yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. My wife and well, my assistants say they want to just keep coaching with me so they can see how that happens. My Fourth-grader is a little too much like me, so I'm sure her and I will have some fights, but yeah, the <laughs> is pretty good like her mom. She's pretty easy to get along with, so. But I'm uh, thinking the boys might be tougher. Jason is kind of like me, too, so we'll see how it goes by then. But yeah, it's that's one of the things that's kept us here. I almost took that job in Dickinson a couple years ago, and uh, my daughters really didn't want to leave, and so that means a lot to me that they like the kids here and look up to them and you know, they want to be belt huskies which is cool so i really like that like that fact
0: what do you think the importance of of sports in the montana communities yeah,
1: I, I just think that you know it teaches these kids you know how to you know it teaches them pride in their community it teaches them how to be a teammate how to be a good worker you know how to um you know work for a boss i think is what a lot of these kids can't do these days but you know our class c kids I see a lot of them go out in the workforce and just be successful because, you know, a lot of times in the Class C, you know, there's parents that complain quite a bit, but they know, I think, the coaches in Class C truly care for their kids and they're pushing their kids. And, you know, the coach gets on them, they usually support the coach. And, um, you know, our, our kids, I mean, it's just amazing. You know, we, we, we plan, you know, practices around, you know, brandings and calvings and, you know, farming
2: and, you know, seeding. Right, and right. Cutting. You know, our kids, I mean, you don't see any and A kids, you know, no, no fans, but you don't see a lot of those kids going out and working, you know, between two days
1: in football or, you know, getting up and doing chores in the morning before going, you know, or getting home at night and doing their chores and, you know, our kids are involved in 4-H and, you know, so many things. That's what my, my wife likes in the small town is kids can be a part of honor society and DECA and journalism and, you know, still take, you know, calculus classes and stuff that they want. So I think that I think the education in the small. I always wanted my kids to go up in small towns. I we've passed on some double A jobs just because I I didn't want my kids going there because I want them to have that well-rounded school experience, you know, and do a bunch of things and be challenged. And I think you develop some really close relationships, you know, with people in class C. So um, I I don't know. I just think it's the best place in the world, Ben, and that's kind of why I haven't I haven't left, man. I, I love it.
0: With, so, with oh, divisionals good. coming up, do you personally have any pregame rituals, something that you do before every game? My sister is a weirdo, and she has to have a blue slushie before every game. She thinks it makes her shoot better. Do you have anything like that?
1: Uh, John, uh, dude, I was the craziest you've probably ever been around. If you ask my mom, um, in high school, I wore the same pair of socks under my socks game. I uh, ate the exact
2: same lunch. I would have... Raspberry peanut butter jelly sandwich with Lipton noodles. <laughs> on the
1: same breakfast. With yeah, I, I'm weird like that. But um, you know, I, my probably my pregame one that's the most now is I always tie my. I leave my. I hate tying my shoes, but I always tie them right during the right during the jump ball, right after the national anthem in football and basketball.
2: It's probably the that's the one I've kind of always done. I just hate my shoes tied. So yeah,
1: little things like you know, say the prayers, you know, and you know, a few things like that before every game, but. Yeah, tying my shoes, um, I, have, I have a weird superstition with having a purple pin, we won our first stamp championship with a purple pin, <laughs> and then I broke it a couple years later and freaked out and asked the girls on the bench to fix it, and they like telling that story, the poor little freshman, I didn't know what to do with your. Ear. and so it's still in the bag today, we were, we were laughing with that, none of these girls had heard it because it was so long ago, so I carry that old broken pin in my bag, and um yeah a lot of weird little things like I wear that I've always worn the same shirt for um, Saturday night we won that first state championship, so every state championship I've worn the same shirt, and then when we didn't win state and or go to state in two thousand and eighteen, my wife threw away my lucky shoes and pants. I was not happy.
0: oh no I'd, no, I'd worn the same pair of shoes for every game of my life until two
2: thousand eighteen, so she bought me some newer ones that don't stink so bad, she said so. <laughs> I always wear the same shirt if if we're winning like I'll wear the same shirt district Thursday divisional Thursday district Friday and then uh, Saturday night I have my
1: white shirt that I always wear so just some weird things like I've always kind of had some weird superstitions I'll get up at the same time on game days you know and it has to be either a 22 or a 30 in there so if it's off I'll set my clock ahead I just got some weird crap like that buddy that
0: uh, is interesting I would have never guessed yeah, yeah I got, my mom would probably tell you better stories. It drove her crazy
1: because she wasn't superstitious at all. But, yeah, I'd go to the locker room at the same time, put on my socks and shoes at the same time. She, yeah, I had a lot of weird crap like that when I was in high school.
0: Um, so your coaching style is, is very intense. Honestly, sometimes I get caught watching you more than actually watching the game. And <laughs> so where uh, was your dad? Um, very intense like that as well? Or where did you learn your coaching techniques?
1: I don't, I don't know. They said he was a little more intense back in Denton when he first started coaching there, but he was always like the calm assistant. But the, but the head coaches he had, my football coach, you know, was a Hall of Famer, uh, really loud yell or screamers. You know, son's my best friend. He's kind of like my second dad. And coach McLean at CMR, who won six titles, makes me look nice, kind of intense. And so... Um, you know, one of my college coaches, well, two of my college coaches were like that, but then, like, Coach Durham, when I went to Western, was way more laid back. I'd say I would, I'd have been really, really hard to probably play for, but he kind of taught me to enjoy a little bit and be, you know, a little bit nicer when you go, kind of like, and I really like watching Vaughn Miller when I first started coaching. I really like watching, like, Roy, I mean, Roy got after people, I mean, he would come, you know, people for the first time see me a lot, they're like, ah, he's a jerk, he screams and yells, you know, like. <laughs> like Know, a couple times a game but when you see you know when we're with them for
2: two hours a day their whole lives and right. you know like that's 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 just how we I mean,
1: i'm gonna treat them the same way as i treat my kids and you know I, you know it's like we're getting on to make them better you know my assistant is like my mom you know she's she always said if he's not yelling at you you don't care you know and our kids are luckily that they know that so um but i try to find that happy medium but i just get so i just when i'm more intense we are. I, I tried a couple, like, my second year to kind of relax, and it just seemed like we were flattened. So I said, all right, I'm going I'm to stay upbeat, because I think when, when coaches are coaching hard, I think the players do. You know, you watch Coach Gardner, how optimistic he is, and how positive he is, and Coach Bob Miller, I mean, it makes you want to play for guys like that, you know? So
0: right, that's kind of where, kind of like watching other, other coaches coach and going to their practices and camps and seeing them. So I really
1: admire... Just kind of, you know, my first couple of years watching Coach Lackner and Coach, um, you know, bond Miller, and then you see, you know, Coach Gambra. But against the legend from Fairfield, he'd call timeout, just yell yell at you for two words and kick you out, you know. But that was that was just his front, you know. But I tried to just kind of see what the good ones do and see what
0: works for me. Interesting, yeah. I loved playing for both Gondero for basketball and Bon Miller for for volleyball and it was the same way with us if they weren't yelling at you you knew that probably wasn't worth their time
1: yes and if every kid realized that i think it's pretty easy buddy (laughs) because yeah those are two of the guys you're very blessed to be coached by great people like them
0: yeah yeah actually uh this year is the first year that the geraldine highwood rivals basketball team made it to divisionals did you know that yeah it was kind of cool it was the first year you guys made it um and
1: the North Star girls won their district for the first time since 05. So, yeah, pretty cool. I, yeah, I was on the phone a lot with Coach Gondero yesterday. I know, and he was just so excited Saturday night. It was it was <laughs> awesome. I don't see people that worked as hard as him. And then just get your, see your sister and him and those guys get to go. It's, it's awesome. And, you know, you guys put on a lot of work and people forget, hey, that those Highwood teams, if they're in any other district, they're walking out of it the past few years. I don't think people realized how tough our district has been, you know, year in and year out. Right. Yeah, oh, and the communities, you know, you talk about, like, just how important it is to communities. Like, tournament time is kind of like a big, you know, class reunion, and everybody gets to see each other, and the pride, I mean, the old alumni come back, and it's just fun to see everybody, you know, come out and watch the tournaments, and I always thought Class C tournaments were the best just because of that, you know. I grew up in Chester, obviously, speaking so we of Shelby, and, I mean, the Shelby Gymnasium was packed. I mean, the last game I mm-hmm. ever played in was a old-out standing-room-only challenge game against Hart Butte, and, we lost by two and didn't go to state, and they got ended up winning state that year, but just the atmosphere of those places, and you know, I, it's, it's just awesome. I think the Class C tournaments are the greatest thing there is, and to see the stories, like you're saying, the, you know, the Geraldine Highwood girls make it, or, you know, a, a Flaxville team in 76, and an 05 team in,
0: you know, 80 almost makes it, you know, like, right. those are the fun things, the are boys that had six dudes, you know, playing on the 06 team, and I think there's just so many cool stories that come out of Class C that it's, it's, it's awesome. I agree with that. Do you think that Belt's high enrollment of not having to make a co-op has continued to like keep your team strong? Because I, I know that co-ops are really hard um, to get a team together. I think that's why it took the rivals six years to finally get something going together. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. We we, uh, we actually consolidated in
1: Chester four years after I graduated, so we never had a co-op. Those kids came, but um, I remember the, the class, the first class that ever graduated, that was Hawks the entire way through. That was my Little League baseball team and my junior high elementary traveling to my coach, the boys. And they said it was just odd because even those first couple years, you still have people, you know, see themselves as, you know, J.I. Rams and see them as Chester Coyotes, and I, I think you're right, sweetheart, that it's, it takes almost for
2: those junior high kids to have not known anything else, right? Yeah. and then all of a sudden you get there, you know, it's, and no matter where you're at, you talk to co-ops along the state, and, you know, it, it's tough, and I
1: think you guys are lucky just because you got, I mean, some of the greatest people in the world, Coach Tweet and Coach Clark, and, you know, we mentioned Coach Blumberg and Coach Gondero, and, um, you know, I know how hard it was for Chester and Joplin. That was with the closed Joplin school. I mean, there was people that went to Blue Sky, but I should say North Star because it ended up being North Star that year, but they hated Chester so much. Of the J.I. people actually went the other way. So co-ops, I think, would be very hard. I think the travel that goes into it is very hard on the kids and the coaches. And, um, and I think sometimes coaches
2: get put in a tough spot about, you know, where they're from and where the kids are from. And it's you know, mm-hmm. something I definitely, yeah, it, it would be very hard. I mean, yeah, I've always said that, you know,
1: we've been lucky. I mean, we had, we had 120 kids when I moved here. Um, we've been down to 70s, you know, since. But, you know, 80 kids is darn near perfect. You know, you've got good numbers for people. And, um, yeah, man, not dealing with another school board and tra- just like Travis, travel issues, practice issues, what you do over um, vacations. Oh boy, boy, that'd be crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was in a co-op for my whole entire high school years. So, I loved the co-op with Iowa. Don't get me wrong, but I was always envious of not having to ride on a bus for an hour both ways just to go to practice.
1: I yeah, that would be the tough, the part that just wears. Yeah, that'd be hard. Um, I think in Chester it was
2: easier because we just became one school, and I still remember kids talking about that at graduation
1: where they were the first, you know, there was no more coyotes and rams. It's like, all right, you know, we were the first freshman class as Hawks. So, yeah, kind of interesting, buddy. That's, yeah, it's sad.
0: I I wish we could go back to when I grew up and everybody had 50, 60 kids in school and, you know, there was 33 teams in the North, you know, not 24. It was just crazy different times. Only 30
1: years ago back then. It's like not that long ago.
0: Yeah, I think... Thinking about it, I think over half of the teams in the division are co-op.
1: Well, yeah, just in our district, it's only us and Centerville, right,
0: that aren't? Yeah. Blair, Sims, Hartview, Power just for basketball, but they are. Cascade, Chinook for Benton, yeah, Hayes, Rocky Boy, and then Turner. Yeah, probably, yeah, you're right. There's probably half of them at least that are. Yeah, we're down to 23 teams this year, 24 next year. And we had 33 when I was growing up. So that's a lot of school moves right there. So I was just talking to Coach Newman today at UGS about just, I mean, it was just packed back then and how good the teams were. It just It was just crazy, and the atmosphere. And. COVID made districts feel very weird. There was not many people yeah. there. I just, yeah, that's what I try to tell my girls. I'm like, hey, got to I said, I just feel bad for, you know, some of you guys, you know, your first district championship game, it just got no atmosphere. And I, I'm afraid it's like that this weekend, you know, it, You'd like to see the, the whole
2: entire, you know, crowd. there like normal for most Geraldine Highwood girls to experience it, you know. Just kids go out. I mean, that's probably my favorite thing is my dad told me that at first state championship we I got to coach against Highwood in 09 when they beat us. was He's like, enjoy it. He's like, I don't think
1: you enjoyed your high school one as much, you know. And I just, I just I kind of took it for granted. I thought we'd always be there. and. Uh, You know, I just, I didn't enjoy it. I wanted to win so much. I don't think I enjoyed the
2: season like I should have, you know, and a lot of us are still really good friends. I was just trying to tell my girls before that each big
1: game just hey, take a breath, look around the crowd here soak this in because there's nothing better than playing in front of a bunch of people, you know?
0: Yeah, I I do know. I think that's what a lot of people do take for granted is is having fun during the game and, and experience the game instead of just trying to win so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, we all want to win, but just like, man, just enjoy being able to compete. I think COVID's kind of brought that back. You know, we're just thankful you know, we've gotten so far, you know, and football is, you know, week to week, we didn't know what we got. So I think this is, you know, made us appreciate that. I think our fans, like, hey, now we're not taking for granted going to games. I'm, I'm hoping
0: they can start attendance back up, you know, and people to appreciate what they were taking for granted the past few years, you know, with games and stuff, attendance wise. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on my show coach Graham I really appreciate it
1: thanks for having me buddy
0: good luck at divisionals this year I'm excited I'll be there to watch yeah you're bringing back some good memories man (laughs) (laughs) man that was such an exciting interview I loved doing that interview and to be totally honest before that interview yesterday I hadn't talked to coach Graham at all He was so open to letting me interview him. I just walked up to him and said, hey, I would really like to interview you. And he said, yeah, that'd be great. And that's just how it happened. Coach Graham is so down to earth and real. And it was so awesome to be able to learn about his past and things I hadn't known before about him spending so much time with um, Geraldine Highwood alumni. So I thought that was really interesting. My favorite part had to be the uh, the superstitions, though, I honestly, I don't know if Coach gondera or Coach Bonmiller have any superstitions. That might be the first thing I ask them the next time I see him. And I can't not mention how much Coach Graham stressed the the family type of community that, um, that he just loved. He just loved being in Class C basketball and Class C environments because that's truly what it is. We're a family. Everyone knows everyone. Even from the other side of the state, and I 100% agree with that. There is nowhere better to grow up than at a Montana Class C school. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please follow me at thelastbestplace.mt. All together, no spaces, nothing, just the last best place mt m- please follow me send me a dm uh like this podcast subscribe to it leave me a review tell me what you guys want to hear about and i'll be out with a new episode soon this was montana the last best place